Welcome to Power for Victorious Living. We believe the gospel and the kingdom of God have real answers for every area of your life. Get ready to discover the answers you need and the power that can change your life. Each show, you will receive practical, biblical insight as you hear a clear, creative, and encouraging message to help you understand how the gospel has the power to help you live a victorious life. And now, here's your host, Wes Harden. Today, I want to talk about release your faith. Learn how to release your faith because things happen when you do. All right, so that's what I want to talk about today. Release your faith. Learn how to release your faith because things happen when you do. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Lord, you have showed me these truths and they have dynamically changed my life. And so as I as I go through this today, Father, I pray, give me ears to hear. Give the listeners ears to hear that we could hear what your word says, Lord. And that we could understand what you say in your word. Because, Lord, these things, these truths dynamically changed my life. And they showed me how to receive all the promises that you've already given to us. So, Father, I pray uh, let your anointing be upon this. Lord, uh, we just thank you for your presence, for your goodness. And we just believe this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so, so I want to kick this thing off with a story. So uh, I was watching an old uh, sermon. Uh, it's, it was actually an old crusade by Oral Roberts. And um, there was a lady in the prayer line, and she was talking to Brother, Brother Roberts. And uh, she said, you know, she's up there obviously for prayer and stuff and believing for, you know, I guess healing is what it was specifically. But she said, you know, Brother Roberts, I have all the faith in the world. I, I have all the faith in the world. And, and Oral repri- replied, Oral Roberts rep- replied with this. He said, that's the problem, lady. You still have it. You haven't released it yet. And so that's the thing that I want to talk about today. See, it's one thing for you to have faith inside of you, but it's another thing for you to release it. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're talking about release your faith, learn how to release your faith, because things happen when you do. So here's the key thought, all right? And that little story uh, illustrates what we're talking about. Here's the key thought. Nothing happens until you release your faith. You say, wait, 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 what? What you mean? You, God can do anything. We're going to see what the Bible says. See, there's a lot of times, there's a lot of things that Christians believe that's not Bible. So here's the thing. If you're saying, you know, hey, I want to see more of, you know, what the Word says happening in, happen in my life. Well, let's see what the Word says, because that's what the Word says. And we're going to go there. You can go ahead and go to Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. And we're going to look at this and see what Scripture says, because here's the thing. This is the key thought. Nothing happens until you release your faith. Think about it. You didn't, you, you didn't receive salvation until you, you know, heard the message, believed in your heart, spoke, and, and, and received salvation. That way you had to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, as we're going to look, look at later on in, in Romans chapter 10. Right? So nothing happens with, until you release your faith. Okay? And we're going to explain this. So let's go to Matthew chapter 17. And Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. And let's just look at this. Because if you're going to believe something, you need to look at the Word of God and make sure what you're believing is in the Word. Because here's the thing. Jesus said, the truth shall set you free. He said, you shall know the truth, and the tr- truth shall set, shall set you free. So here's the thing. If you're living in bondage, that means you're believing some sort of lie. So if you're, if you're not experiencing blessing or, or provision in your finances, you, you must be believing some lies because Jesus said the truth will set you free. If you're not experiencing healing or peace or joy or any of the promises of God, 
then there's a lie concern in that area that you're not that you're believing and you need to take the word to get find the word of God and see what it says about that and bring the truth into there so that that truth can set you free so here's the thing if you're not receiving everything that God's already provided God's already given you everything that he can give you second uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus second Peter 1 3 says his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness so here's the thing if you don't have the all things and everything that God has already given us in Christ and there's so many promises if you are not experiencing that then obviously there's there's a lie or or you're unaware of something you're believing something wrong and so let's get the truth in there because if you're not God's already given it if you're not experiencing it then hey you know what it's it's the, the problems on our end for us to receive you know we're not receiving something that God's already given us so let's look at this Matthew chapter 17 verse 20 and it says this, so Jesus said to them, all right, so here's the situation. The disciples, God, Jesus had already given them uh, authority to go and, you know, cast out demons and heal the sick. He'd already given them that authority. So then this father comes up with his little boy, and then the, 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 the demon starts manifesting inside of the, the little boy. Well, then they couldn't cast it out. So then the father, you know, the disciples bring the father and the little boy to, to Jesus. And so that's where we're at here in verse 20. So Jesus said to them, verse 20, because your unbelief, because they, they said, Jesus, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith, all right, remember, that's what we're talking about. Nothing happens until you release your faith. So Jesus said, if you have faith, okay, so that's the first part, have it, but it's not, it's not enough just to have it. Jesus said this, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say, okay, so it's not enough just to have faith. You have to release your faith. All right. So here's the thing. And then he says, you will say to this mountain. So you have faith. Then you will say to the mountain, you know, move from here to there and it will move. All right. So then it, then he says, nothing will be impossible for you. All right. So here's the thing. Number one, we have to have faith. But number two, you have to release that faith. You have to say something. You have to do something. Jesus or James, the book of James says, faith without works is dead. So having faith in your heart is not enough. You have to release that faith that's in your heart for it to actually for it to begin to do stuff out here in the natural and the spiritual world. You have to release that which the faith that's in your heart out into the world already. So Number one, you have to have it. Number two, you have to release it. And then, only then, can the mountain be removed or the situation in your life be changed and stuff. So here's the thing. Let's, I'm going to give you an, an example that nothing happens until you release your faith. Let's go to Mark chapter 1. All right, let's go to Mark chapter 1, verse 23. And it's, an, it's another uh, story here. So Mark chapter 1, verse 23. And let's see. All right, and let's see. It says, Now there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are. That's key. Remember that phrase. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. All right, now here's the thing. Notice this. Nothing happened until Jesus released his faith because he, even this, the demon acknowledged the authority and who Jesus was. The demon acknowledged who Jesus was. He ignored He acknowledged his authority, but he didn't have to come out of the man until Jesus spoke and said something. All right. So that's the thing. Remember, we're talking about 
Release your faith. Learn how to release your faith because things happen when you do. So the demon acknowledged that Jesus was the Son of God. He acknowledged his power, his authority, right? And But then he says, he says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But he didn't come out of the man at that point. When did he come out? Verse 25, it says, But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. So here's the thing is nothing happens until you release your faith. It's one thing to have your faith. So number one, step is number one. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. So we have to be in faith. But then when we have faith and faith is present in our hearts, we have to say something. We have to use the legality that God has given us, the dominion that God has given us. So the spirit recognized the authority of Jesus, but he remained in the boy in the boy until, until Jesus spoke. So here's the thing. It did not have to come out until Jesus released his faith through his words. All right? So here's the questions. We're going to answer these questions today. We're going to talk about what is faith, right? Why do we need faith? What is releasing our faith? And how do we release our faith? Okay, we're going to answer these uh, these four questions because let's we're going to start with the, the basic principles here, okay? Because here's the thing. I desire to see you live a triumphant, victorious life through Jesus. That is what I believe God has called every one of us to do, is to live of an overcoming, victorious life because it's through our triumph. It's through our victory, right? It's through our, our showing good fruit, right, that God is glorified and made known. Because people can't see God, so what can they see? They can see us as his representatives, and so we show him the authority, the dominion, the provision, all the, the resurrection power, all these things that he has given us to go be an ambassador and representative for him. We have to embody and, res and, and show the world those things, and so that's what we're talking about. We're going to talk about these four questions. So what is faith? Why do we need faith? And what is releasing our faith? And then finally, the fourth question, how do we release our faith? Okay, so we've already established nothing happens until you do. All right, so here's the thing. Let's talk about this. What is faith? Let's go to Romans chapter 4, and we're going to see. So what is faith? Most people are going to go to Hebrews chapter 11 to define what faith is, but to me there's a better, uh, a better definition. You know, Hebrews chapter 11 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But really, what is faith? And I think Romans chapter 4, verse 20, uh, really gives a better definition for us to really, you know, more clear, simple definition of what faith is. So here's the thing. Verse 20. Now, this is talking about Abraham. This is Paul speaking. He wrote uh, Romans. And in chapter 4, verse 20, he's talking about Abraham. All right? So it says, He, Abraham, did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21. This is the definition of faith. All right? Because what is faith? Well, let's let the Bible define what faith is. So the definition of faith is Romans chapter 4, verse 21. And being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. All right, so here's the thing. Faith is being fully convinced. Well, here's the thing. A lot of times in our lives, we are not fully convinced of what the Word of God says, and then we wonder why we don't see things happen in our life. Well, because we have to be in faith and then release that faith. And if we're not in faith, then nothing's going to happen. So, and, and, and for instance, like in that story with the, the demon boy, the the the... Jesus had given the disciples authority, but when the demon started manifesting and, and doing, you know, maybe convulsing the boy and doing things, it shook them and they had the authority, but that messed with their thinking. They started getting in the natural and stuff and looking at the natural and what the demon was doing. 
And then that caused them to not, uh, you know, to, to get out of a place of faith because they had the authority. Jesus had already given the authority, but they had some pla- somehow gotten out of a place of faith because they let what the demon was doing influence them instead of what the words of Jesus and the word of God influencing them. They let the external situations dominate them. And then when they spoke, they spoke, but there was no faith. See, there's people that they have faith and they don't speak, but then and they don't see results. But then there's people they speak and they have no faith or they're not fully convinced. And then when they speak, there's no power. And then they wonder why the promises of God don't manifest. Well, here's the thing. That's what we're answering today. Learn how to release your faith because when you do, things happen. Well, number one, we got to get in faith. How does that? We get we get the word. Right, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. Romans ten seventeen. Then when you hear the, you hear the when faith is present, then you speak that, releasing the the power of that faith that's in your in your heart, the faith in your heart that's in what God has said. Your heart becomes fully convinced, is what we see here. Faith is being fully convinced. Then you speak that, and then we see the manifestation of the promise in your life. Okay, so. Let me give you an example of what faith is. Okay, so let's say I'm there with you, and there's a wall, and that wall is white. Okay, you see it's white, you know it's white. There's you're right, you just you know that it's white. So let's say I walk up and I say, "Man, that's a pretty pink wall." You're gonna look at me like, Wes, what are you talking about? And I'm gonna say, hey, that, "No, that, that's a that's a pink wall. That's a pretty pink wall." Now you know it's white. You learned your colors as a kid early on, and you know that what I'm saying is not true. When I when I tell you that that is not when I tell you that that is a pink wall, you're not sitting there like, "Oh my God, it, maybe it is." Why? Because you you're actually gonna laugh at me. You're gonna say, "Dude, are, are you crazy? That that's not pink." You're gonna laugh at me, right? Because your heart is fully convinced, fully persuaded that that wall is white. So when I bring a contrary report that says, oh, that's a pink wall, then what you're going to do is you're going to laugh because your heart is fully convinced. It's fully persuaded. So see, that's what Paul talked about. He said that when the, the shield of faith, it quenches every fiery dart. Well, when your heart is fully convinced, when a contrary report from the devil or the world and something in the natural a doctor's report or your finances, when something comes in that's contrary to what the word of God says, if your heart is fully convinced to what God's word says, you're just going to laugh and be like, ha, whatever, dude, it, 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 you know, because your heart's fully convinced. But the problem is we grew up in this world where we, you know, we we grew up under the, you know, with fear and doubt and all the stuff being instilled in us. So we've got to renew our mind and be more and let our mind be more dominating and fully convinced of what God says instead of what the world says. So that's the thing. So that that kind of helps you understand what faith is. So when when you, let's say you know you under you fully you know you fully you've, you've meditated on the word, understand that that healing belongs to you. Well, then when the doctor says, "Hey, you have cancer," you're like, <laughs> that, "That's pink." No, no, doctor, that's not pink. It's white. God says I'm healed, and it, and it just bounces off. That contrary report just bounces off. It's and it's not you denying the circumstances. It's the fact that you have a greater truth and a more real truth, and your heart is persuaded by what God says instead of what anybody else including yourself says see let god be true and let every man a liar so even yourself so you you have to become more fully persuaded and convinced that what god says is true and the only way to do that is to meditate on the word and if you never spend time meditating on the word speaking the word thinking about the the word and and seeing what god says then when something comes in a situation like that that says cancer then you're not going to be fully persuaded right the wall you know god says hey you are healed but when the doctor says you have cancer you know what you're going to do you're going to you're going to oh my god oh my god why because your heart's not fully convinced 
Well, then what do you do? You mark chapter four, you go put the word in there. You put it over and over and over until your heart becomes fully convinced that, wait, no, no, no. Listen, I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what my body says. I am healed. Jesus paid for my healing. God says that by your, by his stripes, I was healed. First Peter two twenty four. Then that's what I believe. I am healed, right? So that's what we do. So we have to learn how to become fully persuaded. How does that happen? Put the word in there because the definition of faith is being fully convinced. Okay. Now let's talk about why do we need faith? Okay. Now here's the thing. People talk about what faith is a lot, right? They may define it, but they never explain why do we need faith? Because, and this is, this is just as important because if you don't understand why you need faith, you're going to succumb to just anything that happens to your life thinking, oh, well, that was God doing that or whatever. No, here's the thing. Satan brings stuff into your life. And if you don't understand that he's come to, to still kill and destroy, you won't resist the devil. And you need to understand why we have to have faith. We have to have faith because faith makes it legal for God to operate and work in our life. Okay. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Here's the thing. Why do we need faith? Here's the answer. God operates according to the laws that he set in place. All right. God operates according to the laws that he himself set in place. Okay. Here's a key. And then I'm going to give you an analogy. Here's the key. It gives heaven. Faith gives heaven legal permission to come into the earth realm. You say, what? God doesn't need permission to come to the earth realm. Okay. Well, let's look at the word because here's the thing. You need to check your beliefs with the Word of God because if you're believing something that is, that's contrary to the Word, like I said, it is going to hinder you and keep you from receiving. And you'll blame God, you'll blame other people, and really it's, 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 not, it's not God or, other, or, or whatever. It, it's the fact that you don't understand the Word and you're, you, that you don't have the truth, and so therefore you're not being set free. So here's the thing. Faith gives heaven legal permission to come into the earth realm. Now, I'm going to give you an analogy for you to understand this. All right. So let's say, so we own investment properties and stuff. So even though I own a duplex, right? I own the duplex. I I bought it. I purchased it. I, I, I own it now. Okay. So I own it. Well, then let's say in that, in the, when I do the lease, I I let my tenant have legal permission to occupy and, and take possession of it. Okay. Now in that lease, there's something called Right. Like there's something in there where it talks about I have to I'm giving them legal right to to to, you know, to occupy that space. So if I come in there anytime I want to without their permission, then it's called breaking and entering. Why? Because I even though I own the duplex, I'm giving them legal right to dwell there. Right. So I and and if I come in there anytime I want to, I'm breaking my rule. I'm breaking the agreement that I made with them. Even though I own it, I've made an agreement. Hey, I'm giving you permission to legally dwell here. And so I, it's delegated authority. So if I come in there anytime I want, it's breaking and entering and I'm breaking my word. So here's the thing. Whose permission do I have to have to come back into the duplex? Even though I own it, whose permission? I have to have the tenant. Why? Because if not, I'm breaking my word and I'm breaking the law. Okay, because I'm the one that said, hey, I'm giving you permission, right? I wrote down the contract and all that stuff, and I said, I'm giving you permission. All right, so now, so that's what you have to understand. Faith, faith gives God legal permission, because in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 28, and you need to go meditate on this, it, it, that shows us that God created the earth. Psalms 115, verse 16 says, the, the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to man. 
So even though he, God made it, he created it, he owns it, he gave legal permission for mankind to have dominion and occupancy in the earth realm. And that's what ge- happened in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 28. When you read that, it says God gave them dominion. So even though God created the earth, he gave us dominion over the earth. And so here, this is why faith is required. Because God, if he just busts in here without uh, our permission, then you know what happens? is he's breaking his word. And let's let's look at Psalms chapter 78, verse 41. And it says this, it's, and this is God speaking. Psalm 78, 41. It says, yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Well, hold up. This just says that they limited the Holy One of Israel. Wait, we can limit God? Yeah. You know why? Because God operates, God limits himself by the laws that he himself set in place. So just like with that, with the tenant, I am limiting myself and what I can do based upon my own words and what I have chosen willingly to do. So if I give them the legal right to dwell in the property, then I'm limiting myself and I'm not going to break my word because I said, hey, I'm giving you the right to dwell here. So I need your permission to come in or it's breaking and entering. Okay, so that's the thing is God limits himself and he operates by his own law. So when God says something, He's not going to change it. And that's exactly what Psalm chapter 89, verse 34 says. God says this, Psalm 89, 34. My covenant, he, God says, my covenant, I will not break nor alter the word that has gone out of my mouth. Now, hold up. You have to think about this. When God speaks, it's a contractually binding. God doesn't just flippantly say this and that. He says what he means, and he means what he says. And when he says something, because he does mean what he says, it, it's like it's like a contract. You can take it to the bank. It will not change God. It, it, he's, he means what he says. So it's, it's, a, it's basically like a, a contract. So it becomes binding. So God won't change what he says, and that's what he said. He says, I will not break my covenant nor will I alter the words that have gone out of my lips. So if when God decided that he gave man authority to, 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 and dominion over the earth, he has not changed his mind. He, he gave delegated authority. So he, hasn't, he, he, he didn't take it back. And we won't get into it, but this is why Jesus had to come as a man and and he had because he had to be a man because God gave man authority. So Jesus had to become a man to rightfully and legally win back the authority that's that man had given away so i'll give you a a quick example god gave man authority man took that same authority and give it over to satan and and here's the thing back to the duplex analogy is if i lease to my tenant right and in that contract it says they have the right to lease it out to anybody else if they lease it out to a third party that i cannot stand you know what i have to honor that contract because i have to honor my word so if I if I tell them how hey, you have the legal right to possess this, dwell this, dwell it here, and have dominion over here, you have the right to do with it as you as you want in the contract. Then you know what? When they sublease it or lease it to somebody else, and if I don't like that person, you know what? I have to honor that because I have to honor my word. So that's what we have to understand. So when when God gave man authority, right? This because we're talking about right. Why do we have to have faith? Right? Why is why do we have to have faith? Well, here's the thing: because faith gives God legal permission to come back into the earth realm. So God gave man authority. Then Satan tricked man out of that authority, right? 
and then he gave that over to over to Satan because Second Corinthians four four talks about uh, uh, Satan as the god of this world. All right, so Jesus had to come as a man to defeat Satan and to recapture back the authority that God uh, had given to man, and man and man gave it away. Okay, so I could spend forever on that Hebrews chapter two and all that. A lot more. We'll we'll get we'll talk about that some more on a spiritual authority because that that right there. That, that is very important. So we are talking about what is faith. It's being fully convinced. Why do we need faith, right? It gives God legal permission, all right, to come into the earth realm, right? Let's read Romans chapter 10. Let's go to Romans chapter 10, verse uh, 6 through 10. Because today we're talking about releasing your faith, all right? And because nothing happens till you do, all right? So here we go. Romans chapter 10, verses 6 through 10. And this is Paul speaking. He says, But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach. All right, so what's he saying here? What is he saying there? He's basically saying, listen, Instead of you crying out, who can help me up above? Or God, can you help me? Can you help me? You know, instead of you calling for help, the, he's saying the answer is under your nose. The answer is your mouth. In other words, back to the authority. God gave man authority. And so everything has to come through a man. Even in the Old Testament, God had to do things through through prophets. God in the New Testament has to do stuff through his church. See, God has to it has to come through a man because that's how God set things up in the beginning through Adam. It has to come through a human being. The devil has to work through 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 people. God has to work through people, but it has to come through people because that's the way God set it up. So what is he saying here, Wes? You're saying, Wes, what is he saying? He's saying, listen, you're crying out to God for help. Stop crying up and say, will Christ come down from heaven? Will Christ come up from the deep? Here's the thing. Jesus has already died, went to hell, rose, resurrected, seated at the right hand of the Father, God, and God has given you the promises, the resurrection power. God has already answered your problem, your, your problem, your situation, and he's given you a promise. But so the, the, the answer is not you calling out for God. The answer is you understand the promise, you understand the authority God's given you, and you use the authority under your nose with your mouth, and you speak to the situation. That's what he's saying. Stop crying out for God to help you, and you understand what God's promises say. You use the authority he's given. You start speaking and using the authority, the delegated authority he's given us back in Christ because we lost it, Adam lost it, but now through Christ we've re recaptured that authority for us as believers. So you're crying out for God to help you, and God's saying, listen, open your mouth. Get, get my word in your heart to where you have faith, and then you speak, and you release that, and then your mountain will move. And then there is nothing that is possible. Remember, we, we read that there at the beginning. He said, and nothing is impossible, but get my word in your heart. Speak it when you're in faith, releasing that authority, and then it will change your situation. Okay, so verse 10 says this, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. What does that mean, Wes? Okay, see, God didn't have the legal right to, to, to save you until you believed in your heart. What does that mean? You believed unto righteousness. Okay, your heart being in agreement with heaven, right? That's what faith is, fully convinced. When your heart is in agreement with heaven, fully convinced, then that makes it legal for God, you're in agreement with God, right? It's like the duplex doors open. When you're in fully agreement in, in faith, in agreement with God's word, the, the, you're opening the duplex door, right? You're, you're in agreement giving God legal right to come back into your life, and boom. And then you speak, 
and it says and says and with the mouth is the confession is made unto salvation so you believe making it legal for heaven to produce salvation in your life right and then confession is made to where now it manifests in your life so whether that's healing you get your heart in, into agreement with what god's word says about healing to where now you're boom you're fully convinced it is god's will that i'm healed in fact he's already healed me through jesus christ i am healed right but and then when your heart's in faith it makes it legal for heaven to produce that 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 healing in your life and then you speak boom may and then the speaking makes it manifest into the natural realm same thing with your finances see here's the thing is believing and speaking is how every promise that god has ever given us manifest in your life you have to get the seed of the word of god mark chapter 4 get it in your heart to where you're in faith when you're in faith it makes heaven legal gives it heavenly heaven legal right for now okay it's legal for heaven to produce whatever that promise is in your life and then you speak releasing the power of that seed of the word of god in your life and then boom now you see the manifestation where the mountain moves your healing is there manifested now your finances are breaking through and coming see what i'm saying this is where Every promise of God. I don't care if you're if you're receiving salvation, healing, uh, you know, finances, uh, deliverance, whatever the promise of God is. Every promise of God comes goes happens about comes about in the same exact way. You have to believe the heart or believe believe the word. The faith is in your heart. You speak, releasing the power of that word. Boom! Now it makes it legal for heaven to produce that promise in your life. Think about this with a check. Right, because Second Corinthians chapter one says, "For all the promises of God are yes and amen." But then it says, "And through Him, Jesus, the amen is spoken by us." Well, what does that mean? Here's the thing: God, it's just like a check, right? There's the the giver of the promise, because a, a check is a promissory note, right? It's a promissory note. That's what a check is. So it, it, the giver gives you a check that says, "Hey, this this promise is good for a certain amount of dollars, thousand dollars." Well, it has to have two signatures: the giver and the receiver. If the receiver doesn't endorse the back of that check or amen that check, basically, or agree, I, I have it, I'm in agreement with that, so be it, then that check will never do them any good. Even though the check was given, it will never do them any good unless they add their signature. Well, here's the thing. God has given you every promise that you need for your life. So you need to get in the word and find out what the promise you is. You know, find If you have a problem, find a promise. And that promise is your answer. But then you got to get that seed of the word of God about that promise in your heart to where you believe it. And then add your amen, add your so be it, add your agreement. Boom, faith is there. Then the promise of God manifests in your life. All right. So here's the thing. Your faith makes it legal. All right. You have to open the door for, for the promises of God to come. So you have to believe it and speak it. Number three, we're talking about the four questions right now. What is releasing our faith? You say, Wes, what is that? It is where we begin believing what God has told us in his written word, right? Releasing our faith. What is it? It is where we begin believing what God has told us in his written word. It is when we begin believing that we already have what God says is ours in his word. All right? I want to focus on that word when. Here's, a, here's another key. Faith always has a moment of release, right? There's a time. There's a specific time when you release your faith. Boom. You re, you're saying, okay, therefore, when you pray, Jesus said in Mark 11, 24, therefore, when it's time specific. So faith always has a specific moment of release where then in that moment, I'm believing from that moment on, boom, I, I released my faith and I have that promise. No matter what I see, feel, hear, or smell, or whatever, I have what God's words, word says I have. And that's what you do. 
Let's, which that's, I just quoted Mark eleven twenty four, And it says this, this is Jesus speaking, right? He cursed the fig tree, it, it, you know, it withered up and dried up. And then the disciples said, wow, you know, teach us, right? Teach us. In other words, they wanted results like Jesus. Well, if you want results like Jesus, then let's see what Jesus said. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, when you pray, all right, it's time specific. Faith always has a moment of release, right? So you have to believe that you receive when you pray, and then you have it. Most people don't believe that they have what God says in his word until it shows up. That's not faith, and you'll never see a promise of God manifest. You have to believe when you pray, and you receive it then, not when it shows up, right? Now, here's number four. How do we release our faith? Okay, Wes, this is great. We talked about what is faith. It's being fully convinced, right? We talked about um, you know, why do we need faith? It gives, uh, heaven, uh, it gives heaven legal permission to come into the earth realm. We talked about what is releasing our faith. It's when we begin believing what God says in his word, it, right? It's when we begin believing that we have what he says in his word. And number four, how do we release our faith? Okay, here's, I'm going to give you some different ways. There are different ways to release your faith. The key is being in faith, and then you releasing your faith however the Holy Spirit leads you. If it's speaking, right, then you speak. If it's praising, you pray. So, okay, so there's different types of releasing your faith, right? Now, here's the thing. A point of contact. You say, Wes, what is a point of contact, right? Because we're talking about releasing your faith. You need a point of contact. What is that? Something. A point of contact is something you do, and when you do it, you are consciously releasing your faith and your confidence in what God says in his word. That's a point of contact. It's something you do, and when you do it, you're consciously releasing your faith in God's word. Okay, now, how do we release our faith? There are different types of points of contact. Number one, words, right? Words. You can pray. You can speak. You can praise and worship, okay? See, you have faith in your heart, but it has to be released in some way, shape, or form because James says that faith without works is dead. So if you really have faith, Jesus said, then you would say, or then you would dance, or then you would praise, or then you would speak, or then you would lay hands. Or, see what I'm saying? When, you're, when faith is present, you will do something because you believe, I have it, and therefore you're, you start acting accordingly, Okay. So there's words. That's a type of contact, which could be, you know, you speaking, prayer or praise. Also actions, which could be like laying on of hands. The Bible talks about that we lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Communion, you know, the sacraments, talking about the, 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 the blood and the, you know, the, the juice and the crackers representing the blood and, and the body of Christ, right? You could take communion, and I'll tell a story here in just a little bit. You can, you can take communion as an act of faith, believing that, okay, Jesus, your word says that I'm healed. You know, uh, Corinthians chapter 11 says that, you know, this is my body, which is broken for you. You know, and this is take and eat. So you can take, the, take communion, and I'll tell my story, believing you're receiving in that moment what he says. Okay, your tithe and offering. That's also another point of content. When you give, don't just give like you're paying a bill. All right, you need to take that, find out what the, God, words, uh, the word of God says concerning your tithes and offerings. You need to lay hands on that, like Luke chapter five. Right, Jesus multiplied the bread. He didn't just, you know, he said, "Hey, you feed these people," and the disciples said, "Well, we don't have, we don't have enough." He said, "What do you have?" Right. 
Well, then he, they brought to Jesus what he had, and then he blessed it. He spoke over it. When he spoke over it, it changed kingdoms. That bread, he laid his hands on it. And when he spoke over it, right, that became a point of contact where he was releasing. Father, I believe, you know, now your kingdom has the legal right. You know, when I pray over this and, and bless it, it's changing kingdoms from the earth curse system into your kingdom to where now you have legal right. It gives heaven legal right to multiply this bread. And he, so he, he used the bread as a point of contact, spoke over it and blessed it. And then he handed it out and then it started multiplying. Okay. So your tithing offering is the same thing. Also anointing with oil. James chapter five says that we anoint the sick, you know, that we anoint them with oil. Why that these are ways that we release our faith, right? Cause so here, and here's the thing, you can do these things and not be in faith and you won't see anything. Right? So the formula is not faith. Faith is the key. Faith is being fully convinced. All right. How do we get fully convinced? We get in the word, we meditate it and meditate on it until our heart's fully convinced. And then when we're in faith, boom, however the Holy Spirit leads you, you release your faith, right? And in, in what God's word says. But if you do these things and, and you're not in faith, then it, it's just a formula at that point. All right. The, here's the key is the anointing always flows through faith. Well, then we have to be in faith. And sometimes we're not in faith. And it's okay to admit that because then we know what we need to do. It's not that God withheld the promise or didn't give it because he, he, the word says he, he will not with, withhold any good thing right, from those who walk uprightly. Well, you're righteous because you were born again in your spirit. You are, you are the righteousness of God. So God won't hold any good thing. So you, but it, everything has to be received through faith, whether it's salvation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, healing, whatever it is, God gives it to us through faith. Okay, So you can do these things and not be in faith. You won't see anything. So here's the thing. Get in faith and then release your, release your faith through however the Holy Spirit shows you. But these are some ways in which we can release our faith. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. And I want to close this out. And I'm going to show you. Because remember, we're talking about release your faith. Nothing happens until you do. Okay. That's what we're talking about today. All right. We're talking about that. Release your faith. Learn how to release your faith because things happen when you do. If you don't release your faith, nothing's happening. Why? Because you have to give heaven legal right to move on your behalf, right? God couldn't save you until you agreed with, with the word. If he saves you apart from your faith, that's that he's breaking his own word. He gave us dominion. He gave us free will. He gave us that right. And if he does something in our lives apart from that, then he is breaking his own word. And he clearly said, my covenant, I will not break nor alter the thing that's come out of my mouth. Okay, now Mark chapter 5, verse 25, verse 30. Now, let's read this. It says this, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. Well, here's the thing. Maybe you're sick or you're poor or broke or, or you know, whatever, whatever you need, you can follow the same thing, right? Follow the same thing. It says she had suffered many things from, from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she heard the word, right? She heard about Jesus. She came behind him in the crowd. See, she had faith, but then faith always has corresponding actions. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Here's the key. She had faith, but then she said, and that verse 28 says this, for she said, if only I may touch his, his clothes, I shall be made well, right? So she had faith, but notice that nothing happened until she released her faith. Well, what was her point of contact? She said, Jesus is my point of contact. Now, you don't have to touch Jesus physically. You can touch him right now. You have, you have resurrect. If you're a believer, you have resurrection power inside of you. 
See, even just this last week, I was praying and stuff and spend time with the Lord. And Lord said, she recognized the resurrection power in me, right? He says, but you, but now the resurrection power is in you. See, you're not trying to go touch Jesus because Jesus, the resurrection power is in you. So you're not trying to go, you know, you may think, well, if I could just go, if I could just go touch Jesus. No, Jesus is in you. And by your faith, you can tap into and touch the resurrection power that's in you by your faith through your point of contact, which may be praising. It may be you speaking. It may be you dancing. If you couldn't walk, you may say, then, Father, I believe I'm healed. So you get up and you start walking and, you you know, and you work that miracle. That's the working of miracles as you say, OK, I believe it. And I'm going to just keep work, walking it out. All right. So here's the thing is she wasn't the only person that touched Jesus. Right. Because it says it says after that says that she touched him. She said, if I only might, if I if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. All right. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to, uh, around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, here's the thing. See, her faith healed her, and your faith can heal you. You have resurrection power in you. See, you don't have picture yourself as Jesus walking through the crowd with resurrection power. Instead of you trying to go touch somebody for healing, you need to understand Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory, resurrection power is in you. Romans 8, 11, Ephesians chapter 1, 18 through 20 says we have resurrection power in us. You don't have to go try to touch Jesus. Start acknowledging that you have the resurrection power in you. Meditate on the word and you release the power. But I want you to know this. Pay attention. The disciples, Jesus said, who touched me? But then the disciples said, wait, wait, Jesus. There's lots of people touching you, dude. Right? So I want you to notice this. She wasn't the only one touching Jesus, but she's the only one that received anything. Think about that for a second. She was not the only person touching Jesus, but she was the only person that received anything. Why? Right? Let's be a spiritual scientist. Why? Right, because there's a bunch of people out there. I'm sure the the other people touching him wanted to be healed. I'm sure they had gout or you know some sort of sickness or disease or paralysis or whatever. So I mean, because they were touching him for a reason. She wasn't the only one touching him, but she was the only one that received. Why? Because she had faith, and then the faith that's in her heart, she released it through what she did. She touched as a point of contact to consciously release her faith, believing from then on that she had her healing, right? Because verse 28 says, for she said, and if you look in the Greek, it says she kept saying. In other words, it was, this wasn't the first time. She was she had heard what Jesus was saying at some point, and she, it, that word in the Greek, she kept saying. She kept saying, you know, I am healed. I, I, I touch his clothes. At the, I, I believe I'm healed. If only I touch his clothes, I shall be, not maybe, I shall be made whole. So she had expectation that when I touch him in that moment, because remember faith has a moment of release, she said, when I touch him, boom, I'm believing that I am healed. In that moment, I receive, as she said, basically, I believe when I touch him, I'm receiving that very second. It's not maybe by chance or hoping. She said, no, I'm touching him. And the moment I touch him, I am healed. She was releasing her faith, right? Jesus said in verse 34, your faith has healed you. See, it was her faith that healed her. Here's the thing. A lot of people are waiting on Jesus to heal them, 
but he's waiting on them to release their faith and take it. And I'm going to close out with the story, right? Think about that. Jesus is waiting for you to release your faith and take that which he's already paid for. He went to the whipping post. He went to the cross. He's already paid for whatever you need, your prosperity, your healing, your joy. your pe- He's already paid for it, but you got to take it. He's given it, but like the check, he's endorsed it, but you got you to gotta endorse the other side of that with your agreement. You got to agree with it. He says you're healed, 1 Peter 2.24. By his stripes, you were healed. So God's testimony and his report concerning your situation is that he's already healed you. So what do you do? You start agreeing with him. And when your heart finally reaches the pinnacle of actually agreeing with and being fully convinced, you know what? God, you say I'm already healed. I'm already healed. When that agreement happens, boom, that gives legality for the resurrection power that's in your born again spirit to flow out of your body or out of your spirit into your body, producing and manifesting your healing. Now I'm going to close with this story. Now, when I proposed to my wife and stuff, right? I, or no, um, this was after the fact, after we got married and stuff. Um, so I, she didn't have really any nice jewelry and stuff. And so I wanted to buy her some nice earrings. So I went to the store, this very nice store. And I was like, okay, I don't care what they cost. I just want, you know, the best for my wife. I want her to have the best earrings. So I went to the store and I spent all this time looking for the perfect ones. I picked out the perfect one. And then I had the lady, I said, I want you to wrap it up, make it look nice and all this other stuff. You know, so I drove to the town, did all this, you know, uh, waited for them to gift wrap it and stuff. And then after they gift wrapped it, took it, drove it back home. So I went through all this effort, right? And then I bring it to her. And then I present it to her and I give her this gift and and stuff. So if I'm holding it out in my hand, I went through all this effort. My grace went through all this effort to give something to her. But if she doesn't reach out and take it, it's not that the gift wasn't given. It's the fact that she didn't receive the gift that was already given. Right. So I'm saying I gave it, but she has to receive it. If I go through all that effort, my grace, it wasn't her idea for the the earrings. It was my heart for her long before she, even before she knew about the earrings, she didn't know about it till the gift, till I, till I told her, Hey, here, I give, I've given this to you. It was my, the gift was my idea. It was, it was my grace, my goodness that decided to go, go and provide this for her. But her faith has to receive it. If I go through all that and I present this to her and then she says, Oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And she, if she doesn't receive that which I've already given, then it's not that the gift wasn't given. It's that the gift wasn't received. Can I tell you this? Ephesians chapter 2 says it's, through, it's by grace, through faith, right, that we're, that we're saved. And that word salvation doesn't mean just going to heaven. It means safety, deliverance, soundness, health, healing, prosperity, everything. It's an all-inclusive word. So here's the thing. God's grace provided everything that you need. But it's your faith that receives it. And if you, through an unworthy mentality or just unawareness of what the word, uh, word says, or maybe you've been taught wrongly that, you know, God doesn't, you know, heal people or all this stuff. If, if, if you have wrong knowledge, it's not that God hasn't given it to you by his grace in Christ. It's the fact that you haven't understood what he's given and by faith received it. Because just like my wife, if I present that to her and if, her, if she somehow doesn't receive it, it's not that it wasn't given. It's that it wasn't received. Well, here's the thing. God's promises were given. And it's not that, you know, so here's the thing. If you don't receive, it's not that God hasn't given you what you need. It's that you haven't received it. Because 2 Peter 1.3 says that his divine power has given us everything we need for life. What do you need? What do you need for this life? God's given it to you. For life and godliness, God's already given it to you. So here's the thing. You need to learn how to receive it. Jesus is waiting for you to begin to release your faith 
and receive that which he has already paid for with his blood and his sacrifice. Man, this is powerful. Hey guys, well, this is all I have for you today. Hopefully this ministered to you. Thank you for listening to Power for Victorious Living. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and check out the website at powerforvictoriousliving.com. And remember, the gospel has the power to help you live a victorious life. Oh,